Hi, my name is Amy Reinecke, and I'm here to help you learn to love your body well. Love Your Body Well is a podcast designed to encourage women to find the beauty in caring for their bodies without obsession, guilt, and shame. We are ditching the perfection mindset and embracing the season of life you are in, all while figuring out what works best for you on your wellness journey. Join me for weekly episodes as we navigate this journey together, and let's start a revolution of women who are focused on wellness while also being compassionate and kind to their bodies. Are you ready to live your body well? Hey, welcome back to the podcast. I am just solo today and I had the idea for this episode a couple weeks ago and immediately came to my computer and started taking notes. I was thinking about how long it's been since I had been on Weight Watchers. I normally don't call out the name of the diet that I lasted, but that's what I was doing. And I left it in 2018 and I realized that I'd been gone for five years. It's the first time in my life that I hadn't been on a strict diet for five years. I can't say the first time because the first time I started my first diet at 10. But you get what I'm saying. I couldn't believe that it had been five years since I'd gone on Weight Watchers, to be honest. I think that there was part of me that when I left in 2018, thought that I would always go back because that's what I'd always done. But instead, this time I'd found that freedom that I had really, really wanted to find. And I've had a lot of ebbs and flows in my journey, some of which you may know about that I've shared and things like that. But I feel like I just got to the point in 2018 that I was so tired, so tired. And I just couldn't think about dieting another day in my life. I just couldn't do it. So I've learned a ton in the last five years. And I thought that would make a really good podcast episode, to be honest, because I know that there's a lot of people out there who either they want to stop dieting or maybe they have stopped dieting and then they get that, that lure or that, you know, I've compared it to like a boyfriend, an old boyfriend that like tells you all these promises that it's going to bring into your life. And so you bring him back in and then he breaks your heart again. That's kind of how dieting feels to me. And so I guess I'm like five years sober from dieting is what I'm going to call it. The biggest reason I left, quite honestly, in 2018 was the amount of pressure that I was putting on myself in regards to the way that I looked was insane. It consumed nearly every thought that I had. And I lived for a compliment. And I'm being very vulnerable by sharing that, by the way. But I think if you're in a state that you've lost weight, you might be able to relate that those compliments of like what you're doing is working, it almost feeds the beast. And that's the point that I was at. And I can look back at pictures quite honestly now and and say to myself, I think I fed the beast a little bit too much. I think I got a little a little too thin, a little too far past what was natural for myself because I was just so hungry, literally and, and figuratively, I was hungry for the approval of others. That is something that I have realized that I really do... I don't want to call it a struggle, but it's something that's been important to me, you know, good, bad, or ugly, that the approval of others is something that for too long, you know, I put a lot of weight, weight upon. And I just got exhausted with focusing on my body size all the time. I felt really overwhelmed and really scared about what would happen if I put the weight back on. But it really did come to a point in 2018 that I, I did not care at that given point when I left. I I had to get out. I felt like I was in a cage and going insane. 
And that fear of gaining the weight back, I can now look back five years, you know, five years later and say, yes, I am a statistic. I gained back the majority of weight that I had lost after losing a hundred pounds. I've gained, I've gained back the majority of it. And since having a baby and also being diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. But the plot twist there that I wish I could go back and tell that girl, that 36-year-old girl that was so terrified of what everybody would think of her if she gained the weight back is I still have the people in my life who are important to me. My family is still intact. My husband did not leave me, wasn't even thinking about leaving me. I'm still living and breathing. I've survived and I've learned a lot. I have learned so much these last five years being out of this and and understanding the way the diet culture works, understanding just the behaviors that lead us back there. And so that's what I want to talk about today is kind of just a couple things that I've learned. I could go on and on, quite honestly, this could be a very long episode. And I want to say before I kind of get started here, that if you are on a diet currently, I am not telling you that you are wrong or you are bad. I'm never going to do that. What I want to help you understand is if you see anything in my story that you might relate to and you're feeling the pressure, I just want you to get curious about whether or not that thing that you're doing that you think you're doing for your health, is it actually good for your health or is it detrimental to your mental health at the expense? And it starts with a question. The same way that my journey started was with a question with someone asking me pretty much that same thing. How much time are you actually focusing on this? I said 15 minutes. That was a bold-faced lie that I had told myself that that's all the more I was focusing on it. And it wasn't until I stepped out of that that I realized how consumed I was. So giving you lots of grace here, just giving you some things to think about today. If you're on that diet and you think it's going to be the answer to all of your problems, we're going to talk about weight loss here in this episode. So hang on with me. If you're like, Amy, I need to lose weight. Shut up. I don't like what you're saying right now. Just hang with me. Okay. Okay, first and foremost, number one, starving myself to get skinny might have worked in the moment, but you are going to pay the price someday. And quite honestly, I am paying that price now. When I said that I had gained back a lot of the weight that I had lost, part of that comes with a much slower metabolism. I also have a thyroid disease. And with the research that I've done, with the doctor's appointments I've been in, With the understanding of how a thyroid disease forms that I've had since 2008, which was the same year that I went to therapy for binge eating disorder, I truly believed that the way that I treated my body by dieting off and on for 25 years and being an over-exerciser, restricting food and not eating enough, not fueling it properly and being under an extreme amount of stress caused my thyroid dysfunction that led to an autoimmune disease with it. So I could stay stuck in this space just like you could, like telling yourself, well, this is all my fault, but that's not going to serve anybody. Anytime that we've been on a diet or anything, we are doing what we think should be done at that given moment. That is the answer. And you can't go back and change what you did, but you can go forward with the information that you have now and make a different, more kinder choice to your body. I used to think that eating less would equal the weight loss. And that was the most important thing. And what I've learned in the last five years is that our body needs nourishment from all kinds of food sources and starving it instead is doing a lot more harm than good. Our cells need nutrition from fruits, from vegetables, from carbs, from protein, 
from fat. If you're restricting any of those things without the help of a doctor and just telling yourself this is what it needs, you might be doing more harm than good. Keyword might. I'm not your doctor. I grew up with this whole mentality, like I think probably the majority of you did who are listening, that eat less and move more. Like just eat less. I remember Oprah telling me when, not me, but I listened to Oprah, that you should go to bed just a little hungry. Like that's ideal. You, sh- If your stomach's growling, that means that you lost weight that day. I can't tell you how many times I went to bed and I was like, okay, I'm just a little bit hungry, but Oprah said, but like, that's how we do it. Oh, if I could go back and just give that girl a hug for the things that I would do just to get skinny. It was all consuming. So now, instead of this whole mentality that you have to eat less and move more, which I don't really buy anymore, and there's still people out there who are saying that, and I, I'm sorry, but I do disagree. I believe that we need to move, but I also believe that we need to nourish ourselves. So eating less, like, yes, do you need to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight? Mm, I'm not going to go into that today at all. But yeah, we can't go and eat like whatever we want and have thousands and thousands of calories and expect to lose weight or be at a healthy weight that feels good for our body. I mean, let's just, let's just use some discernment here with what I'm saying. Instead, what I believe now that is definitely shifted is I believe in moving your body in a way that feels really good to yourself. As you age, that should include probably some sort of weight training as well. And then also eating nourishing whole foods as often as you can. So what do I mean? The less packaged foods that you can, probably the better. The less fast food that you can, probably the better. I think that we overcomplicate what having a healthy palate, having a healthy dinner looks like. You really just need like a protein, a carbohydrate, some fruits and veggies and some fat. We've really overcomplicated that process, I feel like. And I think that we've done that because we're always chasing. We're always chasing something more. And so start. I no longer starve myself. I no longer make myself go to bed with a tummy that's grumbling because I want to make sure that my blood sugar isn't taking in the middle of the night. I think that that's just as important. I've done an episode with Catherine from Nutrisense talking about glucose and glucose monitoring. And so if you are curious about that, you can go back and listen to that episode. It's a really good one that I think can give you a little bit more context in regards to that. But eating those whole nourishing foods as often as you can. I recognize that that is not always doable. It's not always attainable. I'm there with you. Like I still go to Chick-fil-A and I still eat out with my family and do those things. We're very busy. I'm not telling you that you know eating at home all the time is what you need to strive for because I believe that there has to come this point that you know you do the best that you can and then you make the best choices that you can when you're not cooking at home. And that's just the way it is. It's giving yourself a lot of grace. So starving yourself skinny might work for you in the moment, but you will likely pay the price with a slow metabolism someday. Number two, and this is something I'm still working on, is reframing my idea of structure. So like I've said, I dieted for 25 years. I was a tracker. So I, I tracked my meals. I tracked on the app, lived and died by it. I think I can attribute a lot of my 104-pound weight loss because I was an avid tracker. I did that. I was meticulous about what I was tracking and eating to the point of obsession though. And so I think that you have to come to a point that you can ask yourself very honestly, where am I at in my mind right now with my body? And I can tell you three years ago, I've tried a lot of different like coaching programs 
since leaving dieting as ways to kind of focus on my wellness in a different way. And multiple, almost all of them, actually all of them have had some type of tracking to which I have been at times nearly feeling panicked about it because it was triggering because I was so deathly afraid of going back down that hole of, I can't get obsessed with this again. Like I know the joy that that stole from my life and I know the pressure that that put on my life by doing that. And I'm not ready for that. So you have to be really kind with yourself about that and ask yourself, where am I at? Be honest, be curious about where you are. And don't tell yourself that you have to track and don't tell yourself that you shouldn't track. I think that needs to remain fluid. It honestly wasn't until this year, so year five, that I have been able to come at tracking from a data standpoint only. I'm at a point that I'm trying to figure out what my body's doing. I shared that with you on a recent episode. I'm working with a coach from Metabolism Makeover, and I am using the idea of tracking as a data standpoint for where I am. Diet culture told us that we have to do it forever. If you're going to do anything, then you have to be able to do it forever. And I do agree with parts of that. So I will say that. But tracking is not something that I think that you have to do forever, but rather it can be like a check-in to see, okay, how do I want to feel? And how do I think I'm fueling my body? And do those align? And I think it's just data. Now, with that said, if that is triggering for you, if that is in any way, shape, or form feels like you're going down a diet rabbit hole, then it's not your time. So I think it's giving yourself grace there. But what I also mean from structure is... So I swung when I left diet culture, I swung from diet culture to intuitive eating. Boy, was that a swing. That's what I'm going to say. And I felt like there was a point that I swung all the way over to intuitive eating. And there got to be a point there that I didn't agree with either, if I'm honest. I was following some influencers who were promoting like, yeah, just eat whatever you want and that's fine. And no, if you don't want to move, you shouldn't. They were kind of highlighting the unhealthy, I'm sorry, the unhealthy habits. Like That's what I feel like those are when you're telling yourselves that moving isn't important and, and, and all those things, which ironically is not the basis of intuitive eating, but that's how it's gotten spun. I reached this point that it also became kind of like a political stance in intuitive eating and I didn't agree with it. It wasn't where my heart was anymore. So then I really felt lost because here I was feeling like I needed to be part of somewhat of a community, I guess. And I'd left diet culture, swung to intuitive eating, and then didn't feel like I totally aligned with that way of thinking either. But then I found myself in this gray area, messy middle. I've heard it called a couple different things. And that's really where I've kind of stayed, to be honest, is in that middle area that I believe that wellness comes from a very personal space and that we have to get very curious with our own selves and our own lives to see what that means for us. And that can be really hard when you're in a mentality of what you think it should look like based on years of what it has looked like. And it's just being open that that might shift, that might look different. And that's 100% where I am now. I eat more food today than I ever did while trying to lose weight prior And that's really interesting to me. I'm doing it from a standpoint of trying to heal my metabolism from years and years of really just doing a number on it. And so I had to reframe my idea of structure. Also, like scheduling my workouts and making sure that I'm making time for those things that that are important to me. That's a form of structure as well. Maybe it's you're going to have a glass of water before you drink your coffee in the morning. That's a form of structure. I feel like 
structure kind of gets a bad rap because if we've felt very restrictive for a long time, then we come out like we're like rebel without a cause and we're like, I'm not having any structure. I'm not interested in that. No, thank you. Been there, done that. I'm over it. But at some point, it does feel good to have a little bit of structure in our lives. (laughs) And I'm going to recognize that this took me literally four and a half years to realize. Okay. Because this structure for me that I left behind with diet culture, it literally left in the way I parent sometimes. It left in the way I run my business. And I was loosey-goosey, honestly, for four years trying to figure this out until last year. I was like, I cannot live like this anymore. In a different way, it's just as bad as being too restrictive by having zero structure. Like It's okay to have things somewhat organized and have a goal, have a game plan. That's okay if you're ready for it. I want to make sure you hear me there. If you are ready for the structure, you might be particularly at the stage in your journey that structure isn't good for you and that you need to allow yourself some unlearning of some behaviors. Honor yourself there, please. Just because I'm past that point in my journey doesn't mean that you shouldn't honor the space that you need to give yourself in that journey of yours. Number three, not everything I learned while dieting was bad. It wasn't. I would like to tell you that it is, but it's just not. And I'm going to use a recent example that I had with my coach, Ellie. So Ellie and I were talking. And if you have followed me for any length of time, you know that I love peanut butter. It's just like a thing. I just love it. And it comes from my mom. She loves it too. My daughter now loves it as well. (laughs) But I needed to get more protein, but needed to kind of make sure I was keeping my fat in check. And I feel like what I'm eating is like very nourishing and whatever. I don't feel restrictive in any way. But I was kind of going over quite a bit on fat. And the reason that I'm focused on my health even more right now is because I'm physically pretty uncomfortable because of that weight that I've gained back. But also I have figured out that I am dealing with cellular hypothyroidism. So while my labs might be quote unquote like okay, I am still symptomatic. And so I am really focused on these symptoms, on helping my body feel its best because right now it does not feel its best. And so I am laser focused on how can I feel better? How can I have more energy? How can I quit being in pain when I sit on the floor? How can I do a workout without feeling like it's really, really, really hard? It's more of a feeling. I say that often. So I just want to kind of preface that with that. We were talking about different options for peanut butter as ways to like increase protein in my day and all of that. She makes a suggestion of powdered peanut butter. And I immediately say, absolutely not. I'm not eating powdered peanut butter. She's like, okay, well, why? Why don't you want to eat powdered peanut butter? And I said, that's a diet food. Like, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can have powdered peanut butter. She's like, you know, just try it. So I, I literally had to ask her, is it a diet food? And she's like, no. It's great. You can have the taste of peanut butter and stuff without like all the fat, you know? And there's still fat in it, by the way. So I bought some and I'm flipping loving this stuff. Like I've made this concoction that I have at night that I look forward to. And it's this, I don't know how to properly pronounce the name of the yogurt. So forgive me if I butcher it, but it's the dairy free yo play. It's we, it's O U I. And they have some dairy-free. So I have like a dairy-free yogurt. And then I put in my powdered peanut butter. And then I sprinkle it with some purely Elizabeth granola. And 
guys, I am like, this is amazing. I would rather have this than ice cream. This is so good. I love it. And it's all like nourishing. It's good. I enjoy it. I don't feel like I'm restricting all the things, but I had to kind of change my mindset. That powdered peanut butter didn't equal a diet food. And so I can't ever eat it again. I could literally list you a name of foods that I have not eaten since I left Weight Watchers because I feel scarred. Just being honest, that's kind of how I felt. But not everything that I learned about dieting was bad. And I'm not like throwing Weight Watchers under the bus in any way. I do think that there are healthier ways that we can take care of our health versus Weight Watchers. And I, I say that because I was a member off and on for 25 years. I've been there, done that. I lost all the weight and then it all came back when I got off. And so I want to prevent that from happening because that in and of itself isn't good on our bodies. But some of the things that I learned while dieting that continue to serve me, quite honestly, is eating more veggies, like moving my body, being active, you know, going on more walks, drinking more water. So there are a lot of things that we learn, but diet culture kind of takes it to like an obsessive level. And so that's my tip is if there are things that you enjoy, like salads don't mean you're dieting. Like if you want a salad, it doesn't mean that you're dieting. Like that's just a nourishing meal. And smoothies don't mean you're dieting. It can be a nourishing meal as well. My encouragement is just try not to get obsessed with it. So take some of those things that might be serving you well and ask, okay, so these things serve me really well. And I don't feel obsessive about my health journey when I am incorporating these things. But then these things are where I kind of go off off the rack here that I'm feeling obsessive and I feel like a lot of pressure or if I don't do this, I'm panicked. So once again, get curious, ask yourself, like, what are you learning or what have you learned while dieting that you can take into your wellness journey and what kind of needs to be left behind? Do you need a reset? Probably not the kind of reset you're thinking of. I don't have a quick fix, but I do have something that could help you create a foundation of self-love and appreciation for your body and your wellness journey. I created an ebook, Love Your Body Well, The Reset, with you in mind. If your mindset needs a reset and you need to learn how to tune into your body and what it needs, this ebook is for you. I share how mindset, nourishment, and habits are the building blocks to learning to love your body well. There are interactive worksheets and prompts to help you understand where you are currently and how your mindset can shift and improve and you can get it today for only $5. You can find the link to the Love Your Body Well Reset ebook in my show notes. And my hope is that it is the first step in your healing journey. This next one is a big one for me and it kind of came quite honestly, unexpectedly when I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's in 2019. And that is, it's okay for you to change your mind about the food you eat, the workout you do, or the wellness habits that you have that are important to you at this given time. Our bodies change, which means that they have different needs. And at a point in time, things may need to look different for your nutrition. It may need to look different for your workout. It may need to look different for your sleep. And I think when we understand that our bodies change and our minds can change too, as we learn new information, it's okay to change your mind. I was terrified to come out and say, I'm leaving Weight Watchers. I promoted Weight Watchers for I don't know how many years it was. And I'm leaving now because I disagree. I was terrified. 
And I still think there's some people who don't agree with that decision. And that's okay. Like your journey isn't for everybody. But I think that we tell ourselves that we have to stay stuck in the same place forever. And that changing our mind means that we're wrong. And I'm going to challenge that. I'm going to challenge you not to live in an absolute that you have to stay the same and you're never allowed to change your mind. It's important as you change and as your mind shifts and change that you can show up in a way that honors that change, that it comes from a place of self-love, that it comes from a place of nourishment, that it comes from a place from understanding where your body is and what it needs at that given time so you can show up its best. So in 2019, when I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, they told me to remove gluten and dairy. I removed gluten first and I was panicked. I was like, oh my gosh, I've spent the last year like really healing this idea around food. I'd had a really healthy pregnancy. I felt like really in control. Like I didn't feel out of control. I was really happy with how I felt up until the point that I started being symptomatic with Hashimoto's. But I jumped in. It became this thing that what do I need to do to love my body well? What I mean by well is not just like positive body image, but that love your body well also means loving your body in a place of wellness, getting yourself to a place of wellness, to optimal health. That's the other half of this of this meaning. Loving my body well means no gluten, no dairy. I have learned the hard way now that my body does not like dairy and it's I'm not allergic to it. I'm not, it's not that. I went without dairy for three years and felt pretty good. And then a year ago, I added it back in. And the last year, I have felt really, really bad again and very uncomfortable. And finally, with the encouragement from my doctor and my coach from Metabolism Makeover, I mean, they are across the board just saying, if you want to feel better, dairy has to go. And it got to a point that a couple weeks ago, actually, now by the time this airs, it'll be a couple months, I didn't even care. I felt so awful in my joints that I didn't even care. Like, I will never have dairy again in my life as long as this joint pain will go away. And within four days, again, because that's the same thing that I had, this is the same experience the first time. Within four days, I felt so much better. Like, so, 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 so much better. So dairy didn't used to bother me. I mean, I, I ate dairy all the time. All the time. I've always loved dairy. I've always loved ice cream. I've always loved queso. I've always loved cheese, everything like that. But something with that pregnancy with my daughter shifted that. And my body has different needs now. And I don't know. Does that mean that I'll never be able to have dairy again? I have no idea. I don't live in absolutes anymore. I don't live in black and white anymore. It's just right now, that's how I'm showing up. And so that's something I would encourage you as well with that if right now your body is saying this food or this workout or this person really makes you feel horrible in your body, ask yourself, how can I? remove that? And how can I replace it with something that is more nourishing? And I know that's hard because I've been there. But I think when you come from that place of self-love, you really, really might find that you can find more joy with the decisions that you're making. That kind of goes to number five that I had that sometimes in order to love your body well, that means that activities or foods or people have to be removed. And I think that we're told that's that diet mentality, but it really is just taking care of your body. And I feel like I have had this overwhelming sense of people who are stopping drinking. And it's really interesting to me. In 2022, I used to drink wine and I enjoyed wine. But in 2022, 
I noticed that when I drank it, it really inflamed my body quite a bit. I would not sleep very well. And so I just decided to to stop for a while and not drink wine. And and when I say stop, I mean like I was having maybe maybe wine like twice a month. I was not I've never been like a really big drinker. Well, I have had it a handful of times since and every time I feel the same to the point that I'm like, okay, it's I'm just done. Like wine does not feel good in my body. I don't feel good when drinking it. And so I'm just I'm just done with wine. And that's just another thing. That's a sacrifice I'm making in order to help my body feel its best. Because my ultimate goal, I think that that's a really important thing to remind yourself of is what is your ultimate goal? My ultimate goal is to feel really good in my body. I'm 41. I'm getting older. And I want to be able to move. My youngest is four and I am 41. She has got a lot of life to live and I'm just getting older. And I want to be able to keep up with her. I want to be able to keep up with my boys. And that is my ultimate goal is being able to be in the game of their life and not sitting out on the sideline. And so when it comes to making these choices, that it is rooted in that self-love. It's not rooted from fear. It's rooted from what I want to feel. It's rooted from the people that are important to me in my life and how I want to show up. That's the why, which leads me to number six. And this one might come as a little shock, but wanting to lose weight isn't a bad thing. This is such a tricky, tricky topic. And I'm going to say that before I go any further. If you want to feel more comfortable in your skin, if you want to move easier throughout your life, and in order to do that, being in a smaller body than you currently are would help that feeling, I don't want you to feel guilty about it. But I also don't want you to become obsessed with it. I think that we have to learn how to lean into how to love your right now body. How can you love your body today? How can you offer it encouragement and support and nourishment today? But you can also say, I would really like to be able to go on a walk without being really winded. I would like to be able to walk up the stairs to put my kids to bed without feeling like I need to take a breather. I would like to button my jeans without having to like do the shimmy shimmy shake in order to get that on. Coming from a place of self-love, always. I spent a lot of time the last several years in a larger body and figuring out some of those things that I needed to unlearn while also being in this space of, but I'm anti-diet, so that means that I am also anti-weight loss. And it's not. Diet to me essentially means restriction in an unhealthy way. And I don't think that losing weight has to look like that. One, I think that you have to realize that it's going to take a lot longer than if you were to like join a popular diet plan because you're going to be really gentle with your body through it. And that's okay. And there's no timeline on feeling your best, on feeling your healthiest, I think. It's just making those day-to-day choices that when you ask yourself, you know, when I sit down to a meal or when you start a workout, does this nourish my body inside and out? For the majority of the time, if the answer is yes, that's great. It's not always going to be, you guys. Remember, we're not living in absolutes. But if the answer is yes, the majority of the time, yes, this fuels me. Yes, this gives me energy. Yes, I feel good when I'm done eating it or when I feel when I'm done with this workout, then honor that. Honor your body in that way. I am not anti-health, but I believe that there are a lot of people chasing health in a really unhealthy way. And that concerns me. Once again, that doesn't come from a place of judgment. It comes from a place of concern because I've been there. I was there for many, many, many years. And I have genuine concern because of how I watched my body, honestly, have the downfall of it. 
here I was thinking I was in my healthiest state and my body like shut down after my third child. And I have literally like crawled back to life. I feel like the last four and a half years trying to get myself back. So learning how to honor your body, how to take care of it. If you need to lose some weight, how can you do that in a really, really kind way and gentle way and without rushing it? Quit putting deadlines on how you should feel. We really don't have a ton of control over that piece of it. I put a deadline on everything when I was dieting. And what I've realized now is I just can't live like that because one, that adds to the pressure. But I can honestly look at the choices that I make each and every day and ask myself, like, did I honor my body today? Did I love my body well today? Did I feed it fuel that is responding at a cellular level to help my body heal? And if I did that, instead of going to bed with a tummy that's grumbling, I can go to bed and be really, really proud of the way that I took care of myself on that day. Okay, two last things I want to share. Number seven, sleep is more important than my workout. And my goodness, this is hard for me. This is hard. I just got off a call today with my coach and I've got strict orders that I cannot get up and do my morning workout if I have not had a very bare minimum of seven hours of sleep. And she would like it to be more like seven and a half to eight. Sleep is a struggle, you guys. It always has been for me. I have three kids and I have a husband that doesn't want to go to bed that early, (laughs) to be honest. And so I'm going to have to get creative. I've already had a conversation with my husband about how we can make this happen and get to bed a little earlier. There's been two things that have been the resounding thing the last four years, and that's sleep and stress. And I have focused a lot more on sleep, but I had started my early morning workouts again, and I got right back into that struggle again that I quit focusing on the amount of hours I was sleeping. And I've got myself in that in that little hole again. So sleep is so much more important than your workout. If you don't have that amount of sleep, don't get up. Don't get up. Like go on a walk later or do something later, but give your body that time to sleep. Like I think it's 80% of healing happens when we're asleep. Sleep is so important. And according to Metabolism Makeover, it is like one of the foundational pillars for healing your metabolism. And that is my goal right now. So if that is your goal as well, it might be something that you consider. Last one. And this is just pretty much the theme of the podcast. So if you listen, then, then you know this already. But there's so much more to being healthy than just being at a healthy weight. How is your stress? How is your sleep? How are your relationships? Are you moving your body and are you enjoying it? Every single one of those things plays a role. If you are in a larger body today, and you are focused on those things today and nutrition, I'm going to challenge you to just be very patient with yourself. Love yourself well. It's okay if you're in a body right now that might feel a little uncomfortable. Each day is a new opportunity to show up the best way you can to take care of yourself. But it starts with your mind and it starts with how you're talking to yourself. And if you're getting up in the morning and you're shaming yourself for the current body size that you are in, I'm just going to encourage you to try to flip the script a little bit. Instead, say, how can I honor you today? And that starts with breakfast. That starts with sleep. Ask yourself those things. I've learned a lot the last five years. I am far from perfect. And what works for me might not work for you. But I feel like it's important for more of us who have kind of left that diet culture and who are now like, 
trying to get to a place that they feel better in their bodies, I feel like we have to kind of give some idea of what we're doing. It feels like this space that we can't talk about because there's almost shame in saying, oh, I left diet culture and then I went to intuitive eating. And yeah, now I want to lose weight because I'm not comfortable or I want to be in a healthier size because I'm not physically comfortable. And it feels like the shameful place sometimes. And I'm kind of done with feeling like that's a shameful place that I want to feel my best. And if you're in that space, and I know there are people out there who are, I see you, I hear you, just honor yourself. You get one body. That's all we get. That's all we get. And you don't have to stay stuck in an old way of thinking just because it makes the other people around you more comfortable. You can absolutely lean into the way that you want to feel and make very intentional decisions on things that you can do in your life to help you feel the way that you want to feel. And I know you can do it. I know you can be brave and I know you can face that and I know you can do it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Love Your Body Well podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and review and let me know what resonated with you the most. This helps more people connect to the show and allows me to continue encouraging women just like you. I love when you share episodes that impacted you on social media or with your friends and family. It truly helps spread the word of compassion and kindness that all women need more of. I invite you to continue the conversation with me on my blog, loveyourbodywell.net, or on Instagram at loveyourbodywell. Thank you for being here today. I know you have a lot of podcasts to choose from, and I'm honored that you listen to mine. This podcast is for informational purposes only and not intended to provide a diagnosis or replace medical care.